Tennessee Titans talk Saturday morning. Fellas, a little bit chilly. Feels like football. Fall is here, unfortunately. I'm more of a summer guy, but it means football. Oh, I love how nice it feels not having to be sweaty all the time, and it's perfect football weather. Titans opened as an 11-point favorite, which is pretty Oof. rich. It's down to 7.5. Landon, what do you make of it's starting at 11, and, and what do you make of it of it kind of closing here? Decrease is probably due to how many injuries we have. Malcolm Butler is questionable. A.J. Brown is out. Darrington Evans is out. And Adore Jackson is already out, so our cornerback one against D.J. Chark could be Christian Volner, Jonathan Joseph, which is just a terrible proposition to think about. And it's also just an overreaction to how bad people think the Jags are because they had a very fortuitous game against the Colts with Phil Rivers giving them three turnovers, but... They played really well. They didn't look like the worst team in football. They didn't look like the Dolphins of last year. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in football. I, I don't think they're super talented. I think they have a ceiling on offense, but I don't think they're going to make a lot of mistakes and get themselves beat. Landon makes a good point. We like our corners. We like our wide receivers. We don't like our depth at either position. And here, week two, shorthanded on both ends. Yeah, I think it's a scary thing for us, because especially against a team like Jacksonville, who they're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, I couldn't tell you much of their running back depth, especially after Ryquel Armstead, the one guy I knew in their in their running back room. Um, he's on IR. Right. I so like their running back, the undrafted bodies. Robinson uh, from Illinois State, yeah. but I think their offensive line is what keeps them from being effective running. And you're right. They're going to have to pass. You know, they've unfortunately, they've got the guys to do it. We saw a pretty efficient Gardner Minshew last weekend. I think he went, what, 19 of 20? Yeah. So he's going to he's gonna throw the ball and shown that maybe he, he isn't going to make as many mistakes as he has in the past. And also, he's a second-year player. So, all, you know, that first NFL season, it gets it under your belt, and he's done that. Uh, and he's a guy that's not afraid to throw the ball. We've had our problems with DJ Chark in the past, and I get very nervous. Like Landon said, you know, our best cornerback one might end up being Christian Fulton, and he might have to line up on him. And it'll be a big test for the young man. And same thing for Chris Jackson, too. So I, I think uh, hopefully Malcolm Butler is going to play. It sounds like he's leaning towards playing, and you know, as far as far as being listed questionable. But yeah, it's a big test. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. They do have offensive weapons. Chenault is a guy who I was really versatile at Colorado, and he, he had two runs last Sunday against Indianapolis. I think he had four or five targets. They're going to try to get him in space, and uh, we know that DJ Chark is really effective. We know Kenan Cole can, can be good in spots. Our receiving core, uh, we're going to be without A.J. Brown, as everyone knows at this point. Corey Davis looks like he'll play, but he is dinged up. We don't have a lot of depth there. What do you, what do you make of it? I'm a bit worried because C.J. Henderson had an amazing first-game performance. Like you said, Corey Davis isn't 100%, and that didn't stop him against the Broncos. But with Boye being hurt last week, I think Henderson will be the better corner he faces. And then Adam Humphreys, his ceiling is a good wide receiver three, a slot receiver. He can't be the wide receiver two. And then you're asking clearly for Raymond to be the other outside receiver, and that's just asking for problems. But the good thing is they probably can't stop our rushing game, so any wide receiver work should be minimal as much as it can be yeah land i think you bring up a good point and guys our game plan against the jags is and always has been run the football control the clock and we don't have to worry about throwing too much i mean Tannehill has shown that he can throw against this team uh, and they've had better corners last year landon you bring up a great point it's going to be the derrick henry show and they're going to let that guy eat and he's going to just run 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 Last year, Titans-Jags, I really only count one game. Uh, Mariota uh, was not effective in, in the first game when the Titans played the Jags in 2019. 
in uh, the second game, Tannehill was very efficient and effective, and Derrick Henry was otherworldly. I like how we play historically at home against the Jags. We all know that. The weather is going to be, I think, a high of 78, low of 53, going to be perfect. Those are things to be excited about, our track record. There are things to be worried about. Obviously, our kicking game. What if we play a close game? We're on short rest. That was a really late game Monday. The Jags have a full week to rest and prepare. Uh, What if we're in a close game, guys, and it comes down to Lambeau, who might be the Second best kicker in the league over the last 12 months. Uh, our kicking game was atrocious. Close games come down to stuff like that. Any worries, big fella? I mean, you always worry when you have uh, that Monday night game, especially in week one where they do that doubleheader. I don't know about you guys, but I, I personally want to, to lobby to get that second game off of. It's just too late. It's crazy. I mean, you've got people on the East Coast who are staying up till 2 o'clock to, to even just watch the game. Well, I like it when um, it's not and, us, you know, and I can just go to bed. When I feel yeah, like it. Right, yeah, like I'm not I agree. In when it's, whatever West Coast team, but uh, yeah, it was dumb. Yeah, I just think it doesn't make sense. I mean, NFL, you're not going to get your huge bulk of viewership that late, and you, you might as well just add an extra game on Sunday afternoons. We are on short rest, and we've already had guys banged up coming into the first game, so it makes me nervous. I mean, hopefully we'll be healthier in game two than we were in game one, but that's rarely the case. Landon, what matchup? Do you look forward to, to watching you think it'll be advantageous for the Titans? And, and what matchup are you kind of afraid of? The most advantageous is certainly the Roger Saffold-Ben Jones combo against the Jags interior defensive line. The Colts averaged a healthy four yards per carry. Derrick Henry is a better rusher than Mack Hines and Taylor. Like, we, like we've said, he traditionally kills the Jags. And their front seven is really weak, and that's really why we had to kick so many field goals last week and why Henry was so inefficient. The Broncos probably have a top five run defense among their front seven. The Jags are probably bottom five in that regard. So what is so the right side with Nate Davis and Dennis Kelly still worries me, but the Lawan Saffold, Ben Jones trio should just be a massive advantage in clearing out lines. And then going back to the offensive line, the matchup I'm most worried about is Josh Allen on Dennis Kelly. Allen had 10-plus sacks last year. He had a good first game. Kelly had his moments, good and bad, against the Broncos, but Josh Allen looks like he's going to be an elite pass rusher, and Dennis Kelly is a journeyman tackle who's been a spot starter. It's not a good matchup on paper. John, I went back and watched Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Uh, Jacksonville is not just going to straight-up beat teams, but Phillip Rivers kind of beat themselves. He really had two interceptions. He really should have had a third. There was kind of an off-the-wall penalty. Chazon, the other first round of them, picked up a pass. Really athletic, and they do have talent. Jacksonville, they have young talent. We, Everyone, of course, National Media is going to talk about who they lost, and they have lost a lot, but they, they do draft pretty well, especially on defense. They're going to win games. Other teams turn the ball over. We're a better team straight up. Any worry about us getting sloppy, uh, I don't think too much about that. But I will tell you, their game plan, and Minshew is efficient enough, they're not going to beat themselves. Yeah, I think teams get into trouble with the Jags because they underestimate them. And I think that's something we can't afford to do. We have to take this team seriously. And I know being an in-division team, we're going to do that. But look at it this way, too. If we beat the Jag, you know, I know it's super early, but we're going to be 2-0 in the division, and everybody is going to be at best 1-1. One one. So it's an important game for us. These divisional games are super, super important, especially this early on, because we lose this, we could possibly lose, you know, a jockeying position for the AFC South. And I, I don't want 
it to be like that. I want to be able to run the table in the South. I don't know if that'll happen, but but yeah, I, I think like you said, Indy beat themselves, and we've seen Philip Rivers do that when he was with the Chargers. He has a tendency to make these stupid mistakes, and you know he's such a head case on the field. If you get inside of his head, you can beat Philip Rivers wherever he's going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Jags, you know, they've been the doormat of the NFL except for going to the AFC Championship game two years ago. So you cannot underestimate them, though. And that's when people Guys, get when you trouble. go back and watch the tape, Robinson, the rookie from Illinois State, uh, when you look at the box score, you know, three yards a carry or whatever. But a lot like Peyton Barber for the Washington football team, if you watch the game, uh, he was feisty. Uh, they have a bad offensive line uh, in Jacksonville. So he has his opportunity. I think if they get in space to run downhill, I don't know about on us. What I want to see, the matchup I'm looking forward to see is our defensive line, how they get after Minshew and how they hopefully bottle up Robinson. Because if we can uh, take advantage of their weak offensive line, I believe that, like you guys said, they'll be forced to pass. And I think when you, Minshew was 19-20 because he only had to throw 20 times. And if we make him throw 30 or 35 times, they get two touchdowns behind. Uh, I think that's our way to play. We are weak at corner. I mean, you see where this game could get squarely. I think if we execute, we don't make mistakes, and we force them. Our defensive line really takes advantage of their weakness. I, th- I think we should be okay. Talking about a matchup I'm curious to see. I want to see Rashawn Evans. I want to see him learn from last right. week and realize how much he put our team at a disadvantage and realize the leader that he is. So I expect him to have a, have a huge game. Like you guys talked about, their offensive line is not incredible. They've got the all-name team. You know, they've got Andrew, I mean, Cam Robinson, Andrew Norwell, Juwan Taylor. So they've got some names that people are probably familiar with, but they're not incredible. And I definitely don't, you know, I don't think they have a great capability to get to the second level and make key blocks on our linebackers. So I think Rashawn Evans, you know, Jayon Brown, and, you know, we're going to see Vic Beasley this week, apparently. Vic Beasley and Jadavian Clowney. I think those are some great matchups to watch and to get these guys in space and make some big plays, because I think Jacksonville, they're going to have to throw pretty quick, because we're going to be we're going to be getting a lot of pressure. So I'll look for those quick routes, you know, making sure that we get every, everything bottled up um, At the end of the day, from our front when seven. I think Jacksonville, I think Derrick Henry, I want to see him do like last year when we played them the second time. Nobody on that team could tackle him consistently. And I want to see that. I really... I expect him to be fresh at home, be back down here close to sea level. uh, Yeah, he was gutsy Monday night, but I want to see him fresh. I want him to see his vintage self. He plays so well against his quote-unquote hometown team, and that's what it's going to come down to. I hope we control this game, keep them down, just move on to next week, right? I mean, I just don't want to see it get squirrely because Jacksonville is a threat. You know, I want our our fans to know that, I mean, this is a team that could beat us, but we execute, we don't make mistakes. Tannehill, look, he looks like an absolute general out there Monday night. He w- didn't play a perfect game. If we have that kind of confidence, that kind of steady hand, and we got legs underneath there, Henry, even with or without A.J. Brown, I, I think we should roll. We just can't make a lot of mistakes because if we make mistakes, we'll have to depend on our kicking game. And I'm not ready to feel confident in doing that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I totally expect us to ride Derrick Henry all the way to victory and an early test for our team as a whole. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, A.J. Brown's out, so we're going to deal we're, we're gonna have to deal with without our best wide receiver we're down with our cornerbacks like we've talked about Adoree Jackson's out so we need Jonathan Joseph to step up we need Chris Jackson to step up and you know I think it'll be a really really early Landon, who do you expect to see us. on the field at receiver tomorrow for us uh, obviously Davis of course uh, Adam Humphrey I think is going to be a big part of this game Johnny Smith this is not uh, a wide receiver but I expect them to to put him in space Khalif Raymond maybe Cody Hollister these are guys that are going to have to step up like John was talking about corner these guys are not only going to have to dress they're going to have to 
they're going to make catches. Yeah, I actually think that this could be a really big Anthony Ferkser game in terms of snap count because we love to have him lined up outside the formation like a receiver. And he's bigger, he's more athletic. And I would trust him more than anyone but Raymond as far as an outside receiver goes. And I think in terms of snap count, you can see him play 30 snaps when he usually plays 10, 15. And that's really just because we really don't have anyone that's a big athlete on the outside that we that has experience that we can trust with A.J. Brown out. Yeah, I mean, even look, in, look at last week. Tannehill threw two touchdowns to tight end, Janu and to Michael Pruitt. So I think tight ends are a big part of our game. Right. And I think we're going to continue to see that. And I'm, I'm almost wondering with A.J. Brown, if he didn't have this, you know, knee bone bruise coming into last week's game because we didn't see aj brown was not the aj brown we've come to know last year um you know we saw him miss a touchdown um you know that could have put the game away and i'm just curious to know if if he was hampered by it a little bit i'm glad that they're resting him Um, so it doesn't turn anything more we know bone bruises can turn into fractures i think they need to rest them and i think we if we're going to be a championship caliber team we're going to have to have guys step up and we're going to need those guys so now is as good of time as any right and i was just going to say that right this is the perfect opportunity to rest him because we're going to ride Derek, and you know we're going to run the ball we're going to be phys- we're going to be that physical team that we always you know hope for kind of like back to when malarkey was here we were the exotic smash mouth i think that's when we first got this identity i mean you know it was a goofy campaign whatever but it kind of branded us as being a tough team and i think we've only kind of developed that a little bit um and we have i'm not gonna say exotic smash mouth anymore that is dead to me but you know we're just a tough team and i think derrick henry is kind of obviously he's one of the he's a big part of our backbone and we're going to rely on it really uh you know Landon, who's really someone rely on it on Sunday. for the jaguars we haven't mentioned that uh our fans who may not be maybe a new player to them that people should keep an eye on sunday i can see joe sherbert having a decent impact given how much we like to pass the tight ends he's an above average coverage linebacker they signed him away from cleveland over the offseason yet he, he was a big part of why the colts only scored 17 points and had three turnovers and just on a defense that isn't that talented because they traded away everyone that was good and not on a rookie deal, Schobert's just one of the only guys I think that is established as a solid player. John, go ahead. And Nathan, oh, oh, I was going to say, and Nathan, they got your boy from Notre Dame, yeah, Tyler Eifert, so you're going to get to see I him I like here. Eifert. He's uh, not been able to stay healthy. Yeah. He was healthy last week, and he... I just don't have a lot of confidence that he can stay on the field for any, uh, you know, collection of games. But I, I would, I would like to see him. Um, he is a threat. I mean, he has play potential. He's dependable when he's healthy. Yeah, big time. I, I also don't think he can stay healthy. But we've seen when he was in Cincinnati that when he is healthy, he can be a pretty dynamic tight end. Be curious to see John, how he what other game sides are this weekend. Are you most interested to see? I know. Uh, we were all interested to see Burrow Thursday night, and he, he's going to be a very good NFL player. Yeah, it was fun. To, it really was fun to watch Burrow, and I made some jokes with both of you throughout the week, like, oh my God, how could we be watching Bengals-Browns in week two of Thursday night football? It's brutal. But it was fun to watch Burrow. So yeah, I think there are some other games like that on the schedule. Um, to me, from a fantasy perspective, I'm interested in the Bills versus the Dolphins, um, just because I, from a fantasy perspective, again, want to see Josh Allen develop and kind of be that steady go-to guy. Another team that, uh, another game that is of interest to all of us is the Ravens and Texans. Uh, you know, they had a couple, they had a really close game. I think it was last year. Anyway, well, we've got two young dynamic quarterbacks uh, who can do a whole lot, and it's going to be an interesting test for both teams. I think, obviously, the, I think the Ravens will come out on top, but we've seen Deshaun Watson keep them in, keep the Texans in games they shouldn't really be in. So I'll be curious to see how 
how that game. Landon, what about you? One second, I'm just pulling up the games for this week. John, do you ever think that Landon does not listen to a word we're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. He's he's got his own he's got his own show going in his head. What if he's got one? I was just pulling. What if he's got one thing in one ear and then you guys are off script? A a podcast (laughs) he really likes. I'm really interested in seeing how Vikings Colts goes in Indy. Both of them pretty much had duds week one. Indy lost a winnable game and Minnesota just got destroyed by the Packers. I just want to see two teams that are decent, evenly matched up. It should be a good game. One of them is going to be 0-2. And And with the extra playoff spot, 0-2 isn't a death sentence, but every game counts. And just, I want to see how Indy looks when they're facing a team of mostly equal talent. The Jags were obviously the inferior team, but some luck may have gone against the Colts. When things are evenly matched, how good are they really? Because... The Texans' defense was atrocious against the Chiefs. I expect it to be atrocious all year. So the Colts are really our only competitors for the AFC South. And if they're a bit of a paper tiger where when they play an evenly matched team and they can't win, I feel really well, good about us finally hosting a playoff game. Vikings to be licking their wounds. They are a good team. I think they're going to kick their butt. Indianapolis may have their moments this season, but generally I don't think they're that good of a team. They're overrated, maybe mad when a lot of national media picked them. Uh, not over just us, but the Texans. We have a body of work. We have uh, several winning seasons. We had the run we made. Um, the Texans have Deshaun Watson and what back-to-back division crowns. Phillip Rivers threw 20 interceptions last year and got $25 million. Marlon Mack is their best player. He got hurt. He was playing lights out. He would have carried them to a victory. Phillip Rivers, they had to depend on him, and he threw two, really three picks. I think they're overrated talent-wise. I think they gave up their first-round pick uh, last year. Uh, I think they're just okay, and I think we're going to see that this season, and I think we'll see them go to 0-2, but I think that's either – I'm either going to be right or wrong. That's going to start tomorrow. The Vikings, don't you think, John, are just as or a more talented team? Landon makes a good point. Maybe they're a paper tiger. Yeah, no, I think the Vikings are actually a pretty decent team. I think they just had to unfortunately go against the Green Bay Packers to start the season. And you've got Aaron Rodgers kind of really pissed that they drafted Jordan Love. And we saw him kind of go off, right? We saw him throw for, what, four touchdowns and like a kajillion yards. I, I mean, you know, there. as much as I love Russell Wilson, which I, I think he is easily the best quarterback in the league, I don't think many people can match a pissed off and motivated I think you make a good point. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so, but I, I do think the Vikings have a really good team. I really like Dalvin Cook. I drafted him in most of my fantasy league um, based on where I was picking, but I, I think they have a solid team. I always like Adam Thielen, and I really like the pickup of Justin Jefferson, and I think he's going to fit. He's going to, uh, I think he's going to fit or be as good eventually as Stephon Diggs. So really, they didn't lose a whole lot there. Um, and they get a cheaper deal. So I think that's going to be an interesting thing. And I think yeah. they're built better. And, and they've got Yannick and Gakwe now. So they've got some really good defensive pieces. And like you said, I think they should stomp on the Colt. No positive test this week. Really impressive. I think they're using technology that hopefully our schools will be using soon. And I think professional sports teams have proved that, you know, we can interact with this. We just got to have the best technology and lots of prevention. Are you guys surprised that we didn't have any complications this week? I've been. Uh, it was because I was low on the character of the players and the staff to actually take precautions to avoid the spread. But once again, another week's gone by. Pretty much no new cases outside of Isaiah Wilson. No one's gone on the COVID list. So for now, it looks like the NFL is going to go off without a hitch. Yeah, I think it, you know, like you said, huge kudos to the NFL for pulling this off. I don't think anybody thought it was possible. 
it's different for all of us fans. You know, we're starting to see some teams allow or allow fans into the stands at very, very, very limited capacities. But I think a lot of the approaches they've taken as far as, you know, the cardboard cutouts, you know, in the, in the stands, and they're trying to give everybody as much of a, a of a, an in-game feel as possible. And I think that's tough too. But yeah, the, they're, the players really, really taking this seriously and not, you know, making careless decisions, I think is huge. And without that, we wouldn't be watching a season here today. So hats off to the NFL, to the teams, to the players, and honestly to the fans. It's tough. It's a it's a season we didn't expect to have, and we're not experiencing the way we the Next layer to do. of this, and that's going to be fans uh, in the stands. Uh, John, I know you got an email just like I did. A lot of our listeners that are season ticket holders. We'll get an email. Hey, if you want to come, let's start talking. They're going to probably go, what, in the next home game, probably about 7,000 people or so, and then they want to go from there. Yeah, and so I know that's going to be yeah, I think uh, largely 10%. contingent on how yep. it goes in other stadiums that have already had folks and maybe if they can contact Trace back or and then obviously that first game. But, John, are are you, if if it's an all-goal in a couple of weeks, are are you interested in going? I think I am. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's dicey, but I think I am. I think, you know, um, I, it, number one, we have an outdoor stadium, which I think helps our ability to stay, to stay socially distant. Um, you know, some of the restrictions are everybody who goes to the game has to wear a mask. Um, they're doing a lot of cashless options, in, you know, for food and concessions. All the food and concessions are individually wrapped. So I think a lot of teams are taking some really smart precautions. I think the tough part, the tough part for me is going to be, you know, crowds of fans getting into the stadium and crowds of fans leaving the stadium at the same time because that puts you in a really close proximity. Um, I think, obviously, they have the seating capacity to space everybody out. So as long as everybody follows what the plan is, I think it'll be fine. Um, out, of, out of the games so far that I've seen uh, where they've had fans, there has only been one fan who tested positive, and that was at the Thursday night game to open the season with the Chiefs in Kansas City. Um, so I, I think it's really, you know, we talk about these players being responsible and the NFL being responsible. We as consumers of the product have to be responsible too. And, you know, if you have a fever, don't go to the game. It's not worth it. Um, but, you know, if you're a relatively healthy person, you've been safe and you can maintain that social distance however you feel comfortable. Landon made a really good point summer when we discussed this on the podcast that, you know, a lot of people are going to see that have been going to these games for years, the comforts of going, and I know they get this at away games, but just for 16 weeks in a row, 17, now 18 weeks in a row, hopefully you watch all the games, the technology's there. NFL Sunday ticket and last Sunday, you know, it was great. Just, you know, I got a new place, TV. I think a lot of people have that experience and just a creature comfort of being at home. No, it's never going to be like hearing the anthem and the flyover and being with some of your best friends and tailgating and all that. Uh, but I wonder if it won't be that way for a few people. The other thing is, I know several months ago, pretty early on in this process, I didn't feel well. Just I felt obligation to other people. I, I had a test. It was wildly painful. I felt like they touched the bottom of my brain with that little thing at the health department. As soon as you took a test, they give you a piece of paper that says, well, you're ordered you know, by the governor. You got to stay home until you get your test back. So what happens, John, when we're all in the lower bowl and we go and there are five people there that find out that that following week have COVID? We're all going to technically 
be ordered into quarantine. And I got to say, that worries me too. That's the other side of the coin. You know, it, it's an unprecedented time. A lot of people have their own conspiracy theories about the virus, but it is a real virus. Um, it is a real problem. So you're right. If we go to the game, let's say we go to the game, you know, in October for the Steelers and we're there and somebody tests positive and then we get notified that we have to go get tested and we have then quarantine for two weeks. It, 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 if I'm in exposure to somebody who is tested positive, I have to quarantine myself and my whole family so that means my kids can't go to school my wife has to stay home so these it really has a big impact and you know i mean all of that of course is in precaution and making sure that we are safe and we are not spreading this virus so i understand that and i completely you know if that happened i would follow all of the protocols i'd go get tested i'd uh, you know we would quarantine but it's a really interesting thing and you know that's the part of me that doesn't want to go so i i think in the next coming weeks we're, i'm gonna have to figure out wh how i really feel about it and you know, maybe it's easier to just take a pass. From what I've seen on TV of the games that have allowed fans, which has really just been the Chiefs game so far, this seems like the atmosphere and the experience just isn't there. And that's pretty much the entire reason I go in person. It's to hang out with you guys, to be with the crowd, to feel the energy of everyone reacting. And when it's just 10,000 people spread out to the lower bowl, when the cheering is even quieter than it usually is when the whole stadium isn't rocking on a big play. I just don't really feel the desire to yeah, go I mean, to have that experience because before, it's just so diluted. The in the big games, and it's going to be hard to capture that with, you know, 10 or 20% of people. Really good point. Um, guys, that's all we have for this week. Very excited for tomorrow's game. We'll get back with you uh, for a reaction after the game, and we just hope everybody has a safe and great weekend. Football is back, and it's going to stay with us. Tighten up.